Hey there, this is the Hello Personality Podcast, where you can learn to take your personality type from a casual curiosity to a life-changing path for growth, all for the purpose of creating a life focused on who you really are and what matters most. I'm Leslie McDaniel, and this is episode five. Let's dive in. So we're still in season one, and we're still focused on what I call the 16 types personality system which is a combination of Myers-Briggs type and the underlying brain wiring identified by Carl Jung. And in this episode, we're going to start a four-part series in which we'll look at the truth behind the letters of your personality type in this system, starting with the truth about introversion and extroversion. Now, if you haven't already downloaded the free typing guide that goes with this uh, personality type system, I would encourage you to do so. It's a perfect complement to what we're going to get into in the next four episodes. You can go to hellopersonality.com slash typing guide and sign up to get that free guide. So today we're going to look at extroversion and introversion, as I mentioned, and this is the first letter of your 16 types personality. So it's either E, which stands for extrovert, or I, which stands for introvert. And there really are a lot of misconceptions about what these words mean. And before we get too far into it, I want to share with you four short stories of different people. And I want you to try to identify, based on your initial understanding of introversion and extroversion, if you think these people were introverts or extroverts. Okay? All right, so let's start with Kelly. Kelly was a stay-at-home mom who loved spending time alone. And she would often shut herself in her closet for alone time from her family. She really loved the all too rare occasions, at least according to her, when her house was empty and her husband was at work, her kids were at other activities. She really relished those times. She was currently in the process of writing a book based on her previous career and before she began homeschooling her kids, and she really loved spending time on that project. All right, next up is Sam. Sam worked full-time as an executive director, and he really felt like the people that he works with were wearing him out. And on his spare time, or when he wasn't working, he loved to tinker with cars and just kind of play around and fix them and, and fix up old cars. And he had a dream of moving to somewhere isolated, like an isolated farm, when his kids all graduated from high school. Next up, we have Miranda. Miranda loved traveling and traveling alone. <laughs> she, you would often find her soaking up like the sights and the sounds and the smells of nature and of her next destination and maybe her next meal while she was traveling. And she admitted to me that people really kind of got on her nerves because she felt like they didn't think deeply about whether or not what they were saying actually made any sense. And part of her travel, she loved to make and create videos for her YouTube channel. And finally, we have Rob. Rob said that he has no problem being by himself. He absolutely hates small talk when he's around other people. But he also says he gets his best ideas when he's brainstorming with other people. That's kind of one of his favorite things to do. He also said he loves talking about all sorts of ideas and the possibilities with people, but 
as long as they can kind of brainstorm together and not get stuck on any one particular topic. He said that he felt very connected to his inner world of feelings and he didn't struggle to express them. Okay, before we get into which side these people actually preferred, if it was extroversion or introversion, I want to give you a little background on these two terms. So I've mentioned the the Swiss psychologist Carl Jung, and in 1921, he published a very large book called Psychological Types. And in it, he shared his theories based on 20 years of studying the human personality And he also used some experiences from his personal life too. And in this book, he used the term extravert instead of extro, like E-X-T-R-A instead of E-X-T-R-O. And that's why I prefer to use the term extravert and spell it that way. And he described that the term extra in Latin means outside or outward. And intro means inward or inside. And so that's where these terms come from. The extrovert means outwardly facing and introvert means inwardly facing, just at the very sort of like core of each of these words. Now, the common usage of these terms in popular culture or, you know, if you just talk to someone about being an introvert or an extrovert, Really, what people tend to think it means is that an introvert likes being alone. They recover by being alone and they're they're drained by being around people. And being an extrovert means that you gain energy by being around other people and you love to be around other people. So I want to ask you to set aside those definitions as we talk a little more deeply about this concept of extroversion and introversion, because... I really feel like those are limited definitions and they really toss aside the depth of the cognitive function theory that Carl Jung described beyond these two words. And we're going to get into that in a future episode, so don't worry too much about that right now. But just know that those common definitions really limit a person's understanding of themselves and where they actually do tend to send most of their attention. So today I'm going to hopefully expand your understanding of these terms and give you some practical examples of what it means to send your energy to the outside world or the inside world or the internal world. Another thing that Carl Jung identified is the word attitude. And so he considered extrovert or introvert or extroversion or introversion attitudes or directions of energy. So if you're an extrovert, you have an attitude, so to speak, of being naturally compelled to send your energy to things and activities and experiences and and yes, people, but the things that are outside of yourself. If you're an introvert, on the other hand, you're naturally compelled to send your energy to things that are inside of you. Now keep in mind, we do both of these. All humans do both of these. We have to be able to interact with the world outside of ourselves, and we have to be able to connect with our internal world too. So your overall preference or the letter that you prefer in the system, E or I, is the one that you do most often and where you most naturally spend the most time. It's not something that you have to try to do or try to make it a priority or really, you know, think about how you're going to fit that into your life. 
So extroversion, if we think about this attitude or this natural flow, extroversion is like the tide coming in toward the beach. It's a natural process that can't be stopped and it's moving toward the land. Introversion then is the opposite. It's when the tide recedes and it pulls back towards itself. And again, this process cannot be stopped. It's just natural, a natural occurrence of energy flowing in that direction. So let's dig deeper into some practical examples of the different ways in which you can extrovert or send energy outside of yourself. So having experiences like cooking. So if you cook a meal, you are involved in, you know, using the utensils and getting the ingredients and maybe even smelling the aromas that come out of the food, but it's an extroverted activity. Now, you may be having some introverted activities happening at the same time. You may be thinking and, and so on and so forth, which we'll get to that side of the uh, dichotomy in a minute. But at its core, cooking is an extroverted activity. So are playing sports and working out and walking in nature and observing the trees and the birds, noticing what's going on and happening around you, making observations about people, noticing how things have changed or if things have moved from one place to another, Uh, getting things done. That's a very extroverted activity, whether it's at work or around your house, checking things off of your to-do list, being productive. Those are all extroverted activities. You may have a hobby or a passion Uh, that involves an extroverted activity like painting a room or um, tinkering with cars, like I mentioned earlier. You may lead a group or teach or train people. And um, you may be doing this by teaching a concept or just teaching a skill or anything like that. Those are extroverted activities. And then lastly, talking to people and interacting with people. Yes, that is an extroverted activity as well. But as you can see, there are many, many other things that are extroverted activities and just limiting it to being around people severely limits the scope of what it can mean to extrovert or to send your energy to the external world. So think about it for a minute. How often have you extroverted today? Like if you're a functional human being in society today, you have to do extroverted activities. It's unavoidable. But some people are much more comfortable in that world, the world of all the things I just described, not just being around people. And some people are not as comfortable in that world. It's less natural for them. It's like going against the flow to send their energy toward the external world. So let's talk about that side then. What does it mean to introvert? Everyone introverts as well, just like everyone extroverts, regardless of their overall preference. But when you introvert or send energy into your internal world, you may be remembering an idea or a thought or a memory. You may be daydreaming or planning in your head, um, not writing anything down, not taking action, just imagining and dreaming. You might have some new thoughts come up in your mind and maybe you understand something new. You have an insight about something. When you think about your beliefs and what makes sense to you and you decide whether or not you believe something or agree with something, that's an introverted activity. When you notice and listen to and experience your own feelings 
Again, all introverted activities. When you think about what really matters to you, when you get into the core convictions of, of, and the identity of who you are, those are introverted activities. Also, when you become aware of sensations in your body, like hunger or thirst or pain, those are also sending your energy into the introverted space. Now, it's easy to think about these lists and maybe because you like one of these things that I listed a whole lot, that that's the side you prefer. You might be thinking, oh, I do that. I do that all the time. And that may be true, but it may also be because you're just not getting enough of that right now. Or it may be because those activities occur less frequently and that's why they stand out in your mind. So how do you know? How do you know if you prefer extroversion or introversion? I know you might be thinking, well, I know. I know I'm an introvert or I know I'm an extrovert. Well, I'm all about being curious and helping you learn more about yourself. So as I mentioned way back in episode one, when I talked about the strategy, the best strategy for working with personality type, part of level one of that strategy is self-reflection and self-observation. And that means really turning sort of a, a critical, and I'm not saying like a negative eye, but you know, like being really thoughtful about where you're sending your energy the majority of the time. It's really easy to have biases and just assume that we're one way or the other based on what your brain already wants to believe. I often say that our brains are remarkably good at finding evidence for the things that it already believes. So you may have also selectively identified one of the pieces of information that I shared is the most important, when maybe it's just the one that's really standing out in your mind, which doesn't always mean it's the one that's most natural for you. So in the stories I shared at the very beginning, Kelly was a worn out ENFJ who craved alone time because she wasn't getting much of it. And that's why it stuck out in her mind. She was on the board for a local organization. She was homeschooling four kids. She was very active in her kids' athletics. And she used a kind of extroversion called extroverted feeling. Now, it's not important to know what that means right now, but it just means that she had a, a wiring of her brain that preferred feeling oriented in the external world. We're gonna, going to get into that more in the future, but I just wanted to illustrate that there's different types of, of, of feeling and we'll talk about some other functions here in a minute. But Sam, the second example I gave you, was an ESTJ who was ready for downtime uh, as well after not giving himself very much at all um, throughout his life. And his whole life had been spent being productive, getting things done, leading teams and projects. And he told me he felt like an introvert because he associated being an extrovert with going to parties and loving being around people all the time. And these activities that he tended to spend his time on are related to a type of extroversion called extroverted thinking. The third example, Miranda was an ESTP who loves experiences, traveling and food and sights and sounds. And none of this has to do with people, notice. So she felt like she was an introvert because she uses a type of extroversion called extroverted sensing, which is about those experiences and what's happening right now. 
Lastly, Rob was an ENFP. From the casual observer standpoint, he seems like a pretty quiet person, especially when he's in groups. However, he loves coming up with new ideas and bouncing ideas off of other people. And that's when he feels most creative and he feels most alive. And his ideas really come to life when he's able to brainstorm with other people. He uses a kind of intuition called extroverted intuition. So I just shared with you four different types of extroversion. And I'm trying to illustrate that it's not just about being around people. The one of those types of extroversion that's probably most about being around people is extroverted feeling. Now, the others can include people as well, but I'm just trying to expand your definition of what it means to be an extrovert because in my practice, what I have found most often is that there are many extroverts who crave alone time and who struggle to get enough because they're doing so much in the external world. And so they think they're an introvert. And often extroverts who use some of these other styles of extroversion that don't really have anything to do with people or much to do with people, uh, they can easily identify as, as introverts. So how did you do with those people? Did you identify them all as extroverts or at least maybe identify some of their activities that I mentioned as extroverted activities? And what about you? Which side do you feel like you prefer? Well, as I mentioned already, it's best to take time to reflect and observe. Take some information and data collection on yourself. Reflect maybe at the end of each day or at the end of a week and try to observe in the moment too and think, huh, okay, what am I doing right now? Am I sending my energy outward or inward? And try to notice if you can see an overall pattern in the frequency of one or the other of those. To help you do this reflection and observation, I'm going to mention that typing guide again. Just go to hellopersonality.com slash typing guide. And there you can sign up to download the free 16 type self-typing guide. And it'll walk you through the process of identifying if you prefer extroversion or introversion, as well as the other letters we're going to get into in this series. Okay, so that's it for today's episode. In the next episode, we're going to dive into the truth about sensing and intuition. I'll see you then. Take care.